Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Yak Gadget, made in America. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track monitored accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. You're listening to Bass Fishing for News, Alan Finn Podcast, with your hosts Ryan Milford and Sean Lambert. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your co-host, Sean, and with, with me, as always, is my good buddy, Ryan. How's it going, sir? What's going on, buddy? Not much, not much. Um, I guess uh, before we jump into our guest tonight, we can uh, run over the quick uh, uh, Ryan and Sean battle going on. It's there. I don't really want to, but I guess we can. Uh, I've been... Uh, you know, getting out a lot lately, but I still feel like I have to build a lead because I think there's going to be a lot of time that you're going to have to catch up for me when the water or the weather up here gets much colder and you're still fishing. So I am right now sitting at 40 bass over 12 inches for the year. And Ryan is uh, comfortably behind me at 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm at 20. It's actually been like two weeks since I've been out and you know, now I'm going to have to wait till this coming weekend to get out again. So hopefully I can get out and I can slay some 12 inches or bigger and be able to, uh, you know, do a little bit of catching up, which by, by the weekend you'll probably be at like 60. So <laughs> I, I well, think something that's kind of cool, so, something that, uh, something that you actually started and I thought was kind of cool. Uh, so I started doing it. I, I backtracked it the best I could, but you actually kept up with total amount of bass you've caught and other species that you've caught. And so as of right now, you know, I've got the 20 bass over 12 inches. Um, 
that I can verify I have 29 bass total. Okay. Now, I've caught more than that, but, you know, it's like they'd be little dinks, and so I just unhook them, throw them back, so I can't remember exactly how – these are just – there's 29 that I've got pictures of or can, like, remember that, yeah, I caught this many that day, only this many were keepers, that kind of thing. Right. Then, then I've got one drum and one crappie. Okay. I am sitting at 64 bass, 40 for sure over 20. Five trout, three crappie, three perch, two bluegill, and two sunfish. I think the sunfish total might be a little higher, but there's two that I have pictures of that are verified. So Now, is that the ones you caught today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, and um, I, partly because I didn't know what they were before, and um, after doing some research, I found out they're long-eared sunfish. They have like these blue lightning bolt kind of on their cheeks. And I think that's what gives it away. But okay. anyway, so. Well, yeah, there's that. We I don't think we've updated that in a while. So, But it's a work in progress. Ryan still has plenty of time to catch up and, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But it's just a fun little thing we got going. So it definitely motivates me to get out on the water. So Yeah, you've been getting out quite a bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jealous because, <laughs> you know, I, I get out usually like once every week or two and feel like you've been going out like every day just about <laughs> i've been trying for two di- two times a week um for the most part i've been able to keep up with that but well, cool so, well yes all so, right uh, well who we got today in sitting in our green room here we have the very newest member of the palin finn family mr Quis- <clears throat> chris chris slifka of the mindset <laughs> podcast or uh segment here on paddle and fin so again welcome to the paddle and fin family brother it's good to have you thank you thank you how are you guys doing today making it (laughs) i'm just trying to make it uh yeah yeah yeah. it's so uh won't you you know our our segment we got a lot of new people and stuff they might not have caught your new segment yet so why don't you go over a little bit about who you are uh name chris lifka i've been fishing for my whole life but basically taking it seriously for about eight years now and uh, i got into the kayak scene about four years ago that's why i got the send 12t kind of been kind of cut my teeth on that recently i just opened i just bought a rs117 from bonafide nice. and that's kind of propelled my career a little faster than i thought it would <laughs> but yeah, um, I've been doing all the paddle and fin trail series events right now, and then hoping by next year to be on the national events. Nice, nice. Awesome. Well, we can see from behind you, you you at least did pretty well on one of those. So, how's that? Yeah, going it, it's going good. Uh, the typical New River one, I took fifth place. You know, uh, the hometown kind of kind of beat me down, but. <laughs> Other than that, I it was pretty good. We got a bunch of a bunch of new baits from that from one five three baits that that definitely helped out. Helped me catch a five pounder later this year. Off of nice, it. yeah. So that's awesome. It's going what, good. Baits are you, go ahead. What I was going to just say. What baits are you using from one five three? It was that uh, quake that that. Uh, Vibrating jig type yep. of type of deal. 
that thing is amazing, man. Like, I, I'm not sponsored by them at all, but I already messaged him and told him, like, it's it's a different type of vibrating jig type of deal where it moves around a ton. Right. And no. versus, versus uh, like, a chatterbait, it, it, I don't know how to explain it. It's just different, you know? Right, right. <sighs> yeah, I, I've had two of those. I, I lost one pretty quickly on the river. Um, but I still have the other one. I just haven't thrown it a bunch lately, but, uh, I know, yeah, it, it is a different, it has a different action to it and a different vibration, I think. So. Yeah. And that, that five pounder just ate it, ate it. And then, awesome. late, late, uh, this past Sunday I had a musky take the other one for me. Okay. And, okay. Yeah, but that one, he, he got away with it. I was going to say that that those aren't very <laughs> musky proof usually. <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing about that was I got him in the net, and I'm sure Brian knows because this happened to me earlier in the day when I was fishing with him. Got him into the net, you know, and uh, all calm and everything. Went to go take the hook out, jump back out the net, and took the hook and the uh, you know the the obviously the lure and the rod with him. Oh, That's and the rod. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was just um, one of those deals. I, I wasn't really paying, you know, you figure they're in the net, you're safe to put your rod down, and obviously I wasn't. Wow. But it's fishing, you know? Right. Well, and that's the fish of 10,000 casts, right? So you know you have one. Oh, yeah. It definitely took 10,000 or more. I've been trying on and out for the last four years to get one. Cool. So bitter, no, bittersweet moment. Right, right. So that's cool, man. Um so uh, what uh, made you want to, um, you know, start a segment on Paddle and Pin, or how did that come about? Uh, came about, uh, I was talking to Brian about starting a podcast. I, I wasn't even necessarily looking for a spot in Paddle Pin or knew if there was one open. I was just kind of throwing the idea out there, and he was like, hey, you could, you know, just come jump on with us, and... The, the whole idea of the podcast was that uh, basically the mindset of fishing. You know, we all talk about the baits, the lures, everything else. And from, from that point, it's easy to talk about, hey, this bait won, or hey, my electronics beat me here. But to talk about the mindset of how you won, how you prepared, how you caught that big fish, it's, it's different, you know? Absolutely. I mean, we've had so many guests on that talk about that. I think it's going to be a popular segment because that is a huge part of fishing. And, and uh, you know, bringing that to the forefront like you are, I think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly surprised it hasn't been done before. <laughs> you know, like yep. in... <laughs> did Brian Schiller tell you to drink a Mountain Dew while you're being interviewed by us? <laughs> Yeah. No, he didn't, man. It's definitely a popular drink for me. It's yeah. normally not, if it's not water, like I drink water when I'm out there kayaking. But if it's not that, it's Mountain Dew or it's uh, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he definitely didn't tell me. It's yeah, I, I, just a drink of choice. I, I just had to, had to throw a. I just had to throw a little slur at Brian, you know, he's got the sponsorships. So. Yeah, I know, I know. 
But but yeah, it's and, you know. Sorry, I'm a little laggy, so if I talk over people on purpose, I'm uh Oh it, but, it's fine. It's fine. We're working with what we got tonight. <laughs> but yeah, so uh yeah, it's cool cool to have you on now. Your segment's gonna be running every other Sunday, I believe. Yeah, so it'll be every other Sunday at air today, tomorrow be on Point TV, and then two Sundays from now. Sweet. Well, let's get into your fishing a little bit. You said you're in a uh, in a bonafide or bonafide, however you want to pronounce it. Um, yeah, you got a motor, right? Absolutely. Well, I got a motor, but it gave me some trouble today. <laughs> and, uh, what kind of motor you got? The, it's the main code of this 30 thrust Endura C2. Okay. You know, cut the shaft down, kind of your typical starter motor before you get into the expensive ones. I gotcha. Uh, do, do you feel like having the motor changes fishing for you? Because I imagine you didn't like start out having a motor. I imagine you probably paddled or when I, a little bit. When I had the Sen 12T, I didn't have a motor. I didn't know much about kayak fishing in general. So I was just kind of paddling around the local lakes fishing. But when I bought the Bonafide, I knew for sure that was the next step with an older. So the, the, the pedal drive, I put, I put it for foot steering. It definitely helps out when throwing the reaction baits, chatterbaits, square bills, crunch, you know, anything like that. You could cover a ton more water without having to stop. Interesting. Yeah, I've actually been working on a motor setup for one of my kayaks. I've just been kind of lazy at it and haven't finished it yet. But I'm doing the <laughs> I'm doing the foot steering as well. Uh, that way, you know, I can just keep casting. Like put it on, you know, slow, and just keep casting as I go down the bank line. But yeah. yeah it's, uh, it so, uh, having that. so what are some of the techniques that you that you like throwing? So first, first thing has to be a drop shot. I, as soon as that came out, I started using it, and you know the fishing has kind of just changed for me. Then right after that, it's normally drop shot, chatterbait style. And then anything after that is kind of not in my forte, but I will throw it type of deal. Interesting. So you got like a moving bait and a finesse bait. Yeah. Yeah. I try to have both of them. You know, I try to find the fish with the moving bait and then kind of finesse them out of there depending on what type of cover they're in. I'm looking forward to talking a little drop shot because that's definitely one technique that I've, I've tried on multiple occasions but i just can't say i have any feel for it at all i you know i i've watched videos on it uh you know uh, i did i think the the fish the moment guy had a really good one that was showing what it looked like underwater on in a swimming pool and it, it that helped me a little bit but i still it's definitely not anywhere near the top of my go-to list just because i have zero confidence in it um, like i like to think i know what the, the bait's doing there down on the bottom but to be honest, I, I really don't. And, you know, like I never know if my just my weight's on the bottom or if my weight and my 
uh, the lore is on the bottom. You know, it's, it's definitely something I struggle with. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yeah, it's, I think it's something a lot of people struggle with is knowing when their weight's on the bottom. And for me, when I was using lead weights, it was a big struggle. And then when I switched to the tungsten, and I went a little bit heavier than normal people like suggest. You know, I did a quarter and three eighth ounce uh, okay. weights instead of the lead weights because you could feel that bottom more, and it's it's harder to take it off the bottom once it's down. Okay. okay. So, Is there a particular brand you like? Uh, so I have a deal with Wu Tungsten. So I use most of my like basically all their tungsten weights. Okay. But I mean, I mean every brand's pretty much the same at this point. You know, there a lot of them are all getting shipped from the same place. You know? <laughs> yeah. Now, do I'm you a, usually use the the barrel style or the the ball style, or do you have a do you mix? I it up? use this kind of like this style here. So it's not really a barrel. It's more of a the teardrop style. Yep. Okay. And I will stick to the teardrop unless I'm in heavy grass, and then I'll go to that barrel style. Okay. I think I I got like one of those uh, Wu Tungsten starter packs where or like they have a deal running where you get like yeah twenty different things, and so that's the only ones that I've ever had. But uh, I, I can't. Remember. I think I had a, a few barrel and a few teardrops in that pack, but definitely have to break them out some more. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the, yeah. the big thing I I fish a lot of shallow cover when it comes to I'll fish this thing around trees around grass. The big thing for me was upgrading the hook. I don't use drop shot hooks at okay. all on my drop shot. I use a Nico hook, either size one or size two. Okay, and that's so that's quite a bit big... bigger than interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I can with that hook I can nose hook it I can hook it like pretty much any way possible and I can also Texas rig them mm-hmm. and I can use something that's a two inch bait or something that's four five six inches and still get the same bites. Interesting. Yeah, that that's definitely a bit of an upsize from what you normally hear uh, people yeah, drop shot yeah. for sure. It is, but on those really smaller hooks, you tend to lose the fish a lot, if you, especially when you're just getting started. 
Because you, you're not supposed to really set the hook on them. You're not supposed to. Like, this is all the things they tell you, you know. And you kind of lose a lot of hook, especially when they jump. I lost so many fish jump next to the kayak, and then they're off, you know. <clears throat> Ryan, what so, were you going to say? Go ahead. Yeah. But what kind of uh, bait are you using on there, like as far as your soft plastic? So... I don't know how good the camera is going to pick these up, but I kept quite a few of them. This first one is called, a, I believe, a G3 Ned. I can try to bring this closer for you guys. Okay. And that's kind of like the primary. It's the, it's the biggest one that I have that I put on the drop shot. It's made by Great Lakes Baits Company. Uh, they're pretty inexpensive. They're hand poured, so they float. They're made to float in the water. Okay. Okay. And that's a big deal. And then you have that action of the tail kicking all the time. Makes it pretty good. So are you pretty much just letting that sit and then just like slowly jiggling it, or are you actually dragging? It I wait. Or? I so I, I wait till it hits to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of slowly drag it along like a wood line or a weed line. Okay. And that typically normally hits them. I, I'm okay. not a vertical jigger at all. <laughs> I don't I don't like the video game jig technique or anything like that. I, I will do it, I, but I prefer to be there six to eight feet water uh, throwing at targets. Okay, gotcha. I think that maybe that's also where I've struggled a little bit because I've tended to use it in deeper water when I don't know what else to throw there. And it is then more of a, a vertical thing for me. But I also, you know, I'm not great at reading my fish finder either. So I might see and mark fish, but casting to them is usually a different story. I'm working on that, you know, using waypoints and stuff like that. But uh, definitely still something I'm learning. I have never yeah. once tried rigging up a drop shot yet. Like I, you know, I've I've got the stuff to do it with. I've just never done it. And uh, I'll tell you, if you wanna if you wanna catch up in, in the new <laughs> you guys got going on, that's the quickest way to do it. Like, well, it it, you know, it accounts for so many fish. I feel like that's part of the reason why I've been throwing a Ned rig so much is because of this challenge. Uh, because you know you catch fish of all sizes with with a Ned rig, but I don't know. I just I ain't been able to keep up with with Sean. Yeah, which he he's gotten out <laughs> a lot more than I have, so I, I use that partly as my excuse. <laughs> yeah, he's been killing it when he's out there. So, well, I'm kind of excited to get out there and try it with uh, with uh, some tungsten and the uh, the Nico hook because I have a bunch of those uh, one on or one size one Nico hooks uh, from when I talked to Dan Perry about using the Nico rig. So um, I might have to change up my drop shot technique a little bit and see if I actually can start pegging some fish on it. So yeah. Yeah. And if you're, if you're fishing around cover, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great way to do it. You know, I can Texas rig it and I don't have to worry about snags or hangups. It, it typically comes through the grass or it comes through the wood pretty good. How uh, how big of a drop leader are you using, you know, below your hook then 
Like how much uh, money do you put? I mean, I have, have it right here. If you, I don't know if it's gonna. It's maybe a foot. Okay. This is you now. This is more like I, I'll do a foot here, but this is like more shower cover that I'm done okay. throwing this with. So I'm probably six feet of water or less now, but two feet after that. Okay. If it's going to be deeper water. Okay. Okay, that makes that's sense. Some, yeah, that's something very similar to, like, it's kind of like you, you're throwing a Texas rig or, in the, or a Ned rig, but it's just off the bottom enough where they can suck it in instead of having to go straight to the bottom to eat it. Gotcha. Or waiting yeah. for it to pop up off the bottom. Well, and and I have when I when I have marked fish in in deep water, usually they are a little bit off the bottom. So I think that's kind of perfect because it's right in their face. They're not going to have to look up or down. It's going to be kind of just staring them right in the face. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like I said, when I whenever I can, I'm throwing that. Especially if I'm in a situation like where I haven't had a bite all day. That's probably my number one right there. Do you throw it in a uh, current at all, or do you fish rivers or lakes? I, I didn't. We didn't ask you that. Okay. I, I fish both. I'm more more experienced with the lakes and the rivers, but I'm not afraid to go in the river. You know. Yeah. Uh, the only thing with the river is you're gonna want to upsize the weight, so that's when I'll probably use that three eighth ounce to keep okay. it on the bottom against the current. Okay, that's interesting because yeah, that that is where I kind of first started trying the drop shot because I heard um, so many people say good things about it, and that I think attributes to why I wasn't feeling the bottom because you know I use um, usually a quarter ounce in the river um, for certain things depending on the flow, of course. But you know, I'm thinking maybe I just wasn't heavy enough, even though I thought I was almost too heavy. But uh, that makes a lot of sense. I will definitely give that a try. Yeah, because with the three A's, the, the, the current doesn't really have a chance of pushing it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we want to throw some someone to the slacker water because that's kind of the, the bass tend to hang out anyways. But, I mean, the more weight you have, the, the better you're going to be in the current. Right. right? You know, as long, so if it's not, and you basically, if it's not in your mind that it's going to be taken by current, you'll fish the technique better, you know? Right, right. No, and that definitely was something I was doing wrong, too, because I was kind of using such a light weight that I, I know I was drifting with the current. It wasn't staying mm-hmm. in one spot. It was so I could, you know, I good. Sometimes that works, but it, it only works when you kind of already know where the fish are at. And when, you, right. when you're searching for fish, it, you want to, you don't necessarily rather fish the technique than just wait for it to kind of drift down and hope you get a bite, you know? Right. So what kind of setup are you throwing that on? Um, a 6.8 medium light with a 2,500 uh, reel on an 8-pound braid and 6-pound test. Okay, so that's lighter <laughs> than I would have guessed, too. That, that's yeah. about that's about what I use for my Ned Rig setup, so I could probably just tie it on there i I think my rod's like seven foot but other than that i I do plan on upgrading rods as far as length you know that's just kind of i bought a drop shot specific rod 
a long time ago, about seven years ago, and it's still working today. So why it's, change up when you don't have to? Right. So, so you use that same setup even whenever you up the weight? Because I, I feel like that heavier weight on that medium light rod with light line would, like, you know, sometimes you feel like you got a fish on there and, you, you know, but it's just the I, weight of it. It it can do that, but for the most part, I kind of wait to feel the bite or like the nibble. Okay. You know, you can really feel that line jump when one has it. Okay. And with that with that bigger hook, you could kind of you don't want to set the hook like it's a jig hook, but you could kind of set the hook a little bit instead of reeling into them because it's a bigger hook, it can get deeper past their lips versus a regular drop shot hook where you're just hooking like a little skin piece off of them. Yeah, you know, I get a hook right through the roof of their mouth like ninety percent of the time. Okay. Interesting. Now, you know, again, I I'm gonna have to you know get out there a little bit more, Ryan. You better watch out. <laughs> uh, I, I might have to rig it up one day. You know, just 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 need to go ahead and do it because. You know, sounds like I got everything I need to do it. I just haven't tried it. Yeah. And I, I, I haven't yeah. learned. I don't think I've really messed with any new techniques this year yet. So <laughs> well, I do need to learn something new. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of them techniques that can add the fish up fast. Now, depending on what spot you're in, it may not add the big ones fast, but... You can definitely put a beating on the fish. Well, right now, I just need over 12 inches. You know, exactly. when, I get, when I get to a tournament, maybe maybe I'll throw a jig or something. But for now, just need over 12 inches. I need I need to catch up. In a, in a tournament situation, I'll, I'll kind of I'll try to upgrade the bait as far as length. I'll go to a four or five six inch worm instead instead of the you know the smaller three inch worms especially if i just need that bigger bite do you use the same brand or do you switch that up so the the great lakes bait is kind of like it's a small brand so a lot of his stuff is three four inches even the swim baits so then i would technically go to there's a new company that just came out called Frontline Bay Company. They have a six-inch like trick worm that I go to when when that is the bite. I definitely will be using it this week, uh, this upcoming weekend in Madison for sure. Okay. Now, are, are, do you look still look for floating at that point, or does it not matter as much when you're that big? I I still do because then it's out of my mind that that worm's just trying to sit down. Okay. You know, the, yep. the, with the I look for people who hand pour their own because then I could kind of work with them as to what I want. You know, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That makes sense. And then you know, beyond a, a doubt, you know exactly what's happening down there. You yeah. know that you know because I like I said, I always I I was always worried. Okay, yeah, I can feel the weight on the bottom, but now do I have enough slack? Whereas my lure is actually down there too. You know. Or, you know, that definitely makes it tough, at least for me, uh, to know what's going on down there. So Yeah, and I, I try to keep somewhat of a tight line. I kind of want to feel the, that tungsten dragging along the bottom. 
mm-hmm. you know, no matter where it's at, because as long as that's on the bottom, the the, the bait kind of does the work itself for most right. of these uh for most of the drop shot baits that you get. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. You're not having to add action because the bumping is pretty much doing what you need it to do. Exactly, and that's that's the problem with a lot of people. They try to add too much action to it, and it kind of just it does not help at all. <laughs> well, I, I'm probably guilty of that too. I sounds like I did everything wrong that you could do with it. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely <laughs> did too at first. Uh, one thing I know definitely being in the kayak, it, it's not talked about a lot when you when people are in boats. Keeping the rod tip under the water until you're ready to net the fish. Oh, okay. Because it will keep them from jumping and spinning that hook. Yeah. If, if you ever like see me on a live or see a video of mine, you'll see my rod tip's always under the water. Even even okay. for a jerkbait fishing, you hmm. know? Okay. Jumping's the easiest way to land more fish. I truly feel that way. No, I agree. I mean, I just just yesterday, I I probably lost four or five from jumping. So yeah. uh, sometimes yeah. you can't, you know. Sometimes there's there's no getting around it. But just having those little tips and tricks definitely helps at times. No, that's that's probably a big trip. I mean, especially I on the, when I'm fishing the river, the the smallies just seem to just go immediately for jumping. Oh, and, they're, uh, they're, what, uh, I had a, I was watching a leak guy on YouTube. He calls them bottle rockets. Yep. Because <laughs> that's all they want to do is just shoot straight out the water. Yep. I started but, playing around uh, with the uh, big Joshy swim bait, and that mm-hmm. has been, I, it's been doing great for me as far as getting them, but they also seem to be able to throw it pretty easy. By doing that bottle rocket thing you're talking about, because uh, yeah, you know, how many, how many I times I, man, they, I, I'm really kind of digging them. You know, I, I've been uh, just having a little bit more success than I have throwing Kitex or anything else on the river. So, you know, I'm a big yeah, well, Kitex guy, but I, I feel like they would match up on the jig masters swim bait heads or the underspins pretty well, and yeah. you know, I'm kind of liking those after i caught my pb back in december so <laughs> yes I, I, I need to get some of those i just haven't done it yet are they, and they're not much to look at they look kind of clean when you look at them in your hand but the, i don't know what it is I say they got really good action to them yeah no and it's not like a, a crazy like like the kitek i think almost has a lot of action like that tail is just yeah going nuts back there yeah I'll be the first person, probably the only person to say it's <laughs> <laughs> You just don't know how to fish them. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> they're a great bait, 
But I don't like something that after one, two fish, I have to change it. Again, I'd yeah. rather have durability over uh, over action. I it hey. catches them, but I don't I don't see spending twenty thirty dollars a day on Kitex just I, to I, get a few more bites. I I feel you like they do tear <laughs> up easy. Um, you know I've I've no joke in like this four hour tournament I've went through a whole pack of them and not even yeah. caught a fish. It's just where it got tore up by beating on rocks and stuff. Um, But they do catch fish, and that's why I do like them. If I got to go through a whole pack of them in a day, but I'm catching fish with it, that's fine with me. You know, five, six bucks for a pack, I I, I can live with that if I'm catching fish. But I don't know. I just – you know, the – Oh, I, the name's drawing a blank on me. The like Strike King ones that look just uh, like a Kitek. Mage Tail. Yeah. 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 Like I've had a lot of success on those in certain areas, but as far as overall performance on different bodies of water, like, like there's one particular body of water where I've had success with those. But I've had success with Kitex on like every body of water that I've used them on, compared to where, you know, that particular body of water, which was a kind of <laughs> a very less pressured body of water, was the only one I got success with the Rage Swimmers. So I've got some Rage Swimmers, but it's always the Kitex. I was going to say where since we mentioned one by three baits, I I'm kind of digging their swim baits too. Uh, they seem very. I, I haven't similar. tried those yet. I need to. I actually have quite a few packs. I actually, they they were nice enough. They I sent them. They sent me one order and they messed up my order. So they like doubled my order to fix wow. that. And I was like, holy cow! You guys didn't have to do that. It's like, no, no, no. It was our mistake. You know, that's just the kind of company they are. But um, so I got a ton of swim baits now from them, and I I, I think they're just as good um, as Skytex in my opinion. So. They seem like they're poured very similarly. I definitely want to try them. One thing that I feel like makes Kitek unique is they got that squid scent on them. And, like, I actually went out and bought some squid scent just because of that to try on other swim baits. Like, I took some of the Jigmaster swim baits and, you know, just put them in a baggie <laughs> and put, put that squid scent all on there. Did it work? Yeah. Um, I believe... It does feel a little no, no, I, I, <laughs> my, no, I was thinking about it. My, my PB was caught on a Kitek, but it was on the Jigmaster's underspin. But the next time I went to that same body of water, I put on uh, one of those uh, Jigmaster swim bait on their underspin. And that had, it had been soaking in that squid set. And I caught, you know, this was wintertime. This is like around Christmas. And, uh, I think I caught like four or five fish on that setup that day. So it worked. Now I didn't catch anything major. I think my biggest one was like 16 and a half, 17, something like that. But Still December. That, yeah. For me, that, that would be, you know, four fish in December. Well, December in Tennessee and December in Pennsylvania is probably two different things. Very different. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. this yeah. is like the, it's like the end of fall for me. It's like, snowing and icing over for you so <laughs> right 
But yeah, so yeah, back to Chris. You know, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, if y'all can't and haven't noticed, I've like a sweat going down sitting <laughs> here in my garage. Because <laughs> it's hot right now, and I'm an idiot. Oh, we're dealing with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just got off the water a couple, about two, three hours ago, ninety-five degrees outside. Oh wow! wow. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That, Where did you say you were at again, Chris? Uh, Chicago, Illinois. Okay. okay. That's yeah. crazy that it's hotter there than it is here. Like right now, it's showing it's eighty-eight <laughs> degrees here. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Where to, uh, we we need says some it rain. Feels like it says it feels yeah. like ninety-six. So it's humid. Yeah. No, we we need some rain down here. Everything's like two feet below what it should be. It's making stuff tough and hard. I bet. So you said you like throwing the chatterbait a lot. So you want to talk about that setup a little bit? Because I'm kind of... I don't have a lot of experience with chatterbait. I've caught fish on it, but it's definitely not a confidence lure. But I've heard so many different people talk about, you know, some people, like me personally, I, th- I throw it on the same rod that I throw my underspins with a swim bait on, just because I don't want to carry an extra rod for something that I don't throw that often. So I throw it on a medium fast rod. And a lot of people like to throw it on a, on a medium heavy uh, I've heard yeah. people talk about some throw it on fluoro, some throw it on straight braid. And then I've also heard people throw it on medium heavy with medium action. And I'm kind of wondering if I need to move towards that medium action. See, single hook, single hook applications, I generally like a fast action. And this is something I've been meaning to bring up on here for a while. It, it just hit me when we started talking about it. A lot of times when I catch a fish on a chatterbait, the hook falls right out of its mouth. Like as soon as I get it in, falls right out. And I'm, I'm like, at first I was blaming the chatterbait. I'm like, oh, they just rip a big hole in it. But I'm thinking that that fast action is why I'm, I'm like ripping a bigger hole in it than it should. So maybe that's why people like that medium action. So I, what, what's your take on it? I like, well, I, I like kind of what they call a cranking rod. Okay. So it's just a uh, medium, medium action, and then a moderate tip. Okay. Yeah. And so basically, I treat it just like a crankbait, and it's kind of got rid of all my lipless crankbaits. I don't throw them anymore because of because of the chatterbait. So you can rip it through the grass, you know, and or you can either you know you can just slow roll it around grass or grass clumps and that's when you but that's when I get my biggest bite is around grass and that's what I like love fishing is grass but especially with that chatterbait you know because you can't rip a crankbait through grass and expect it not to get hungry it's right have it come back time. all crappy yeah yep uh-huh. yeah, bring some salad uh-huh. with it <laughs> hey uh, this is actually just a quick spin off that made me think about uh, earlier today. I was actually I found on YouTube. It's actually got a Jimmy Houston Outdoors episodes mm-hmm. on, or not on on Hulu. 
And I started watching it, and he was he was fishing. It showed a little clip of him fishing with like this NFL player back in the nineties, and uh, and Jimmy caught a fish, and the other guy brought up a bunch of grass on his thing. He's like, "Well, I got the meat, and you got the salad." <laughs> I thought, I thought, it cracked me up a little bit. Yeah, I I was always told if it has you know if it has uh, grass on it, the fish aren't going to eat it. They're not vegetarian. <laughs> but but, but yeah, that's I the, mean, that's the same rata that I've been having success with on the chatterbait. I and I didn't I did not have success with the chatterbait until I started throwing it on a medium like a cranking rod just like you're talking about. Um Yeah, that, and I think for I mean, I see a lot of people that a lot of the elite series and the pros suck the hook on them hard, but for me personally, I kind of just real into them. And then normally, kind of like you would a crankbait, just yeah, yeah. That, that's what that's what I mean by like I treat it like a crankbait. Okay. Because if they're gonna totally commit to that bait, you know, and the way they hit it, like I've seen a couple of them, they they hit it pretty good to a point where you don't really need to set the hook. They're opening their mouth, taking it fully, in and closing it right away. As long as you're keeping up with them. You, you pretty much got them at that point because the hook's going right through the roof of their mouth whether they like it or not, you know? And then yeah. I also use a slower gear ratio reel. I was using a 5 to 2 gear ratio reel, and I might move up to a six six 6.5 in the future, but I feel like that helps on for me because I can't slow down personally. Okay. What are you doing the straight braid or are you using fluoro or so a lot of people are gonna disagree with this, but I'm using ten pound uh fluorocarbon at times. And okay. I only I only go up to twelve pound fluoro on it. I, I fishing around grass? Go. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh I know I, I'm playing, you know, I am on thin ice fishing around grass. Yeah, Russian roulette place. there. Yeah, but I feel like I get more bites that way. Okay. You know, more of a confidence thing than a technique thing, you know? So are you throwing it, like, into the grass, or are you, like, running it along grass? <laughs> so I will, I will run it along the weed edges. Uh, okay. Sometimes I do get it stuck in the grass, rip it out, and that's how I get the bites like For the most part, I'm targeting weed edges or edges <laughs> of, like, uh, if you have a log coming off the bank, I'll throw it up against there and bring it back in. And what kind of uh, trailers are you putting on there? I've heard lots of different things with that, too. So a missile base D-bomb or mm -hmm. a space is a 3.6 swim bait from a Great Lake bait. Okay. Is the D-bomb, is that like a creature bait, I think? It is. It, it's like a it's beaver show. Yeah. Okay. And why do they call it a beaver style? Like, it don't resemble a beaver to me. I, I, I've never understood why I, they <laughs> call it that. Uh, maybe it's, I think it's like, kind of looks like tail? a beaver. Yes. Yeah. Like the body I think that's it. what it is. Yep. Your guys' guess is as good as mine <laughs> on that one. 
It's, I think someone, you know, it's one of the things someone started calling it a fever style and it kind of took off the rest of the industry. Yeah. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Now, you yeah, mentioned like uh, pulling that through the weeds. That's one thing, the only thing I think that I don't quite like about the moderate or the meat, the moderate action is that sometimes when I'm trying to pull it through, I can't rip it out very easily because the rod is taking so much of that force when I try and pull it through. But it, it depends on the grass, I guess, and, you know, how thick it is and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not throwing it in real thick grass. It's more of like there's <clears throat> type of your, your scattered grass or your, like your grass that comes up four feet, but the water is six feet type of deal. Right. Where you're running right. it right over, and sometimes you get a clump that's higher than the rest of them, and you got to kind of rip it through there, you know. Right. That makes sense. I know, uh, like, Susquehanna, where I fish, we have – I forget what – I talked to one guy who told me what kind of grass it is, but I think it's celery grass or something like that. But it is the most fragile stuff, I, and it so easily gets on everything. Like, just bumping into it, it tears off, and – Kind of gets, I, I most often get it where my line attaches to my bait, whatever it is, and like I'm like, how are you ever going to clear that? It's kind of obnoxious, but uh, yeah. um, still learning how to fish this stupid celery grass or whatever it is. But one of the things that's worked for me with that is uh, uh, a weightless fluke because that doesn't it does seem to kind of weave its way through there, yeah. or yeah, through fluke just sit on top of it. Yeah, yep. And you tried a floating worm with it. Um, no, not yet. I, most of the worms I threw were all weighted. Well, I, I tried throwing wacky, wacky rig in there because wacky rig is, was one of my go-tos on the lakes. And, um, just the way that pulled through the grass, it didn't work well that way, but, uh, I never tried a Texas yeah. rig, uh, worm or anything. Yeah. Flowing worm would kind of be similar to your fluke style, which is good. Just a little bit different action. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely have to give that a try. I don't have a ton of a ton of experience with the floating worm, but I definitely know in certain situations it can definitely pay off. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're really liking the one five three uh baits chatterbait. The quake. Yeah, the quake. So <laughs> is, is that becoming like your new go to or do you have another one that you tend to go towards? Uh, it was my new go-to until, you know, like I said, the musky took it. And I recently put another order in for him. It, it definitely will be. Uh, the other one is just the Project Z uh, chatterbait from okay. Z-Man. I don't own any jackhammers. I don't plan on owning any jackhammers. Currently. You know, I, I've got a theory, and I have... I don't really have any evidence to back up my theory, but I feel like these other jackhammers are other chatterbaits such as the Project Z and, you know, the new cross-eye and, you know, other similar 
chatterbase of that are going to start getting more popular because so many people have yeah. been throwing the jackhammer. I feel like it's, you know, you've heard it. People talk about like spinner baits, how it was hard to get a spinner bait or get a bite on a spinner bait there for a, a long time because everybody was throwing spinner baits. Well, I feel yeah. like it's going to start getting really hard to catch fish on a jackhammer because it seems like everybody's throwing a jackhammer these days. So I feel like these other ones that got different tones whenever they're coming through the water, I feel like they're going to start getting more popular as people were having less luck on the jackhammers. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to the, the guy at 153 Bait about this exact thing, about how everyone's throwing the jackhammer and that's all anybody talks about. And it seems like everything's getting one on jackhammer just simply because that's all everybody throws. And I told him that Quake is going to be definitely something that comes out of nowhere and end up winning a tournament just because it's different. Well, you're gonna have to go win one. Uh, Madison's right around the corner, and that's <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, you got to turn the logo more towards the camera when you go. Uh, you know, Brian, Brian's not gonna be happy. You don't have the <laughs> logo turned towards oh, the camera once you take a drink. There you go. Make you got to make sure it's facing the camera as, as you're holding it and then still facing it as you take your drink. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. You're new yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, well, another thing about I only use half ounce chatterbaits. I feel like okay. a lot of people are going to that. And the way I determine if it's going to be high in the water column or low is depending on the trailer more than the weight. So I'll use that beaver style to keep it high and that swim bait to keep it low. Interesting. Okay. I uh, yeah. yeah, that's definitely something I've noticed too. Um, I I was using a rage crawl. I forget where. I think it was on tackle tackle uh, tactical bassin where they talked about that uh, using a rage crawl in the back turned sideways, um, and it definitely makes a big difference as far as water depth versus yeah. throwing it off with a like a, a zako or something like that on the back of it. And I, I haven't personally tested it out, but I heard a, a lot of people say when you use those beaver styles, it's better around wood and around cover and around docks because it, it'll flow over better instead and it won't get hung up as much. Interesting. Now, I don't know how true that is, but I've definitely heard it in a couple of YouTube videos saying that. I know uh, Alex Red talked about that, where he uses the Thunder Cricket in wood, I think, and the the jackhammers and uh, Z-Man stuff. Uh, otherwise, so. I, th I think he said around like wood and rock, and then progress the jackhammer. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't know, it's been like a year since we had him on here. Yeah. We did get him back on here. He was good. Yeah, he was a good guy. Cool guy. Yeah. I mean, throwing a twenty-dollar bait in a piece of wood is kind of. Oh yeah. I, I don't know that. That makes the heart hurt. Yeah, yeah I, I've I've kind of gotten to the point where like, I've come to. To the, I don't know, I'm I'm okay with. I, I know fishing's going to be expensive. Like. <laughs> oh, I, no, I, 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 like, I I know 
every trip is probably going to be like a $20 bill in, in baits. You know, whether it's, you know, one jackhammer or whether it's like uh, 10 Ned rigs or whatever it is, like I, I'm, I'm going to lose some lures. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw them where I feel like the basket. Because, I mean, if you're going to spend the money on the lure, there's no sense in throwing it in a little safe area where you know fish ain't going to be there. Like, you got to throw them right beside that log where you yeah. know there's going to be a fish right there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, de I definitely agree with that. You always got to throw it in the in the nastiest look. Where you think, where you feel like I know this is going to get hung up. Yeah, that probably that's probably where that biggest the biggest fish in that lake is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Normally, I'm the same yeah. way when I go out. I tend to lose baits. Yesterday, though, I was so psyched, I found a whopper popper just kind of floating by me. Oh. So, whoever that's was out on uh, Pincho yesterday, if you lost your uh, whopper popper, um, I'm sorry, but I snagged it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to be coming by your house. Like, Where's my whopper flopper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, no, nobody really talks about the Whopper Ploppers anymore, and that was a well, that I, was I, a I, hot bait like the jackhammer is right now. You're right. Man, I, I got ridiculed about talking about the Whopper Plopper too much, <laughs> so you know I had to quit throwing it. I definitely have a few, but I just haven't found that right situation to throw that right now. Well, yesterday I was killing it on the Rico popper, so I probably should keep that a secret to you. Uh, Brad uh, yeah. pooed me in over that, and that was, oh my gosh, that was amazing. So I almost threw the, I almost tied that Whopper popper on one of my other rods because everything was hitting topwater, um, but I was having so much fun with the Rico popper that I, I stuck with that, and I did pretty well, so I was happy. Man, I bought a lure that looks like a cicada. Uh, it's a mega bass lure. Uh, it was like 17 bucks or something like that. It's a topwater lure. And I've been waiting on this cicada spawn that was supposed to like take over the whole south or whatever it is uh, to happen. It, so, Because when it starts, they're going to be eating these things. So I bought this lure so I could be tearing them up on topwater. And I've yet to see a single <laughs> cicada here in Tennessee. I like, did see them uh, yesterday, and I threw my. I I, I have a cheaper one. I, who does the live target stuff? I forget which company does that, or is that the company? Live target. Yeah. Is that live yeah, target? Yeah, live target's the company. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. I. I have cicadas from them, and I actually saw cicadas falling out of the trees into the water, and so I threw it a good bit, and it didn't get any hits on it. So I was like. Heck with this and going like, back to the Rico. Well, mine is for Mega Bass. And, I saw know, that, Mega but Bass I couldn't put, find it anywhere. Yeah, I actually looked at looked at it again on Tackle Warehouse the other day, and every single color was sold out till like September. So, yeah, I was like, I'm glad I could grab mine while I could. Well, in another 17 years, I'm sure it'll come back and. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be pulling it out of my tackle box, got rusty hooks and stuff. Like, finally, <laughs> yeah. I get to try this baby out. Uh, yeah, they, they talk about that all the time. <coughs> I have never been able to hit that that type of bite right. Well, I thought for sure yesterday because I could see them falling out of the trees. Now, they weren't as big as I was expecting. They were smaller, so I don't know if they weren't fully grown yet. Um, well, you know, that, that popper might have been kind of 
imitating one for to the fish. Yeah, you know, fish probably no chance that it thought that it was a cicada, and maybe that's well, it was even bigger than the cicada that I have, really. And they wouldn't hit the cicada one, but it hit they were hitting the Rico. Hmm. Yeah, well, some of that's similar. That that popper probably the back probably goes under the water just a little bit more, right? It could be something as simple as that, too. No, I. I definitely that I never had much luck with the popper until yesterday, and for whatever reason, yesterday it was the the, the deal. I I started out throwing it uh, and caught a fish on my second cast, and I was like, "This is going to be a good day." And uh, for the first two hours in the morning, it was definitely the bait to have tied on. So yeah, today <laughs> this, today wasn't the day for me. No, same here. <laughs> but I had my girls with me, so. They're clunking around, and you know yeah. that never makes it super easy. So uh, I had no but... excuses. I just had problem after <laughs> problem. You know, the motor went out then after ten minutes after launch, and that just kind of ruins the day. You know, and you're like, I got to do exercise and paddle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the paddling was the problem. It, that I mean. Everybody was out there today. You know, it seemed like everyone just decided to go to the lake. That was the bigger issue. Anywhere you turned, you had someone there, whether kayak, boat, you know, boat tube. Wow. Definitely going to have a lot of more and more pleasure boaters get out as get warmer and warmer, especially especially in those northern states where y'all are a little slower mm-hmm. warming up than us. But uh yeah it's yeah uh, the gotta, gotta the be budget, careful out there. Yeah that that's the problem. We gotta be careful because they don't care. You know right. We see it as fishing as this is our time to get out and they see it as I really don't care. I'm drinking beers and parting it up right next to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I actually last year in August I was fishing a tournament and I was fishing under a bridge, like fishing the pillar, and this boat pulled up like thirty yards from me, something like that. And I'm like, okay, why do they gotta be so close? And it was like a pleasure boat. And so I I'm not really paying attention to them. I'm keep on fishing. A few minutes go by, that boat's still sitting there, and I, I look over, and I'm like, okay, it had two guys and and a woman on, on the boat. Now I only see the woman on the boat. And so I look over and fishing again. All of a sudden, I just hear, boosh. They done got out, climbed up the rock wall there, up on top of the bridge, and jumped off the bridge into the water, like beside me while I'm fishing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they so don't I, care at all. We, we had that problem when, when we had the tournament in Michigan. A lot of the people getting, a lot of the kayakers getting off the water. We It was kind of through a canal type deal. And you just seen pleasure boat, the pontoon boat after pontoon boat, just ignoring the no wake sign, just blowing past you as you're just trying hmm. to dock up. That's crazy. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. 
find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. That's why I like the uh, place that I talk about a lot, Williamsport, because it's fishing. You're not allowed to pleasure. I mean, it's trolling motor only for boats, but, you know, like even kayakers, you're not allowed to go out there just a pleasure kayak. Like it's for hmm. it. It's designated for fishing. I don't think I've ever. No places in PA are like that. I. It sounds cool. Yeah, but, it's, it's it's nice. Everybody out there's got the same objective. So, but yeah, man, welcome to Paddle and Fin family. Uh, Thank you. Wish you well on your segment and. Anybody that uh, is interested in, you know, talking about like the like keeping a good mindset on the water and stuff like that, make sure you check out his segment every other Sunday here on Paddle and Fin. Any, uh, what do you, you know, since it's your first time on here, you want to shout out any social media or any of that stuff? Uh, you can find me all over social media. It's at- Chris Slipka Fishing. I can spell it out. It's C-H-R-I-S-S-L-Y-W-K-A Fishing. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube soon. Once I get this camera mount set up, (laughs) kind of been a pain in the butt, but, you know. And then uh, TikTok also. Nice. Yeah, I tend to post a lot of stuff on there, you know. I, yeah, I've tried it. I've posted some videos on there, but like my first one got like 400 views, and then every, all the rest of them got like one view. Like, well, <laughs> this sucks. It, it's a definitely a weird uh, algorithm, but I kind of know we're going. We're eventually we're going to need it, especially for the sponsorship side of things. So <laughs> might as well get started early. Yeah. Right. Build whatever following you can and then let it explode. Uh huh. <clears throat> well, cool, man. Well, go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, if you want to close it out, you can, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on here and, uh, and talking with us. You know, it's good. Oh, it's no uh, problem. Good getting to know you a little better. But, uh, yeah, so. Everybody, this has been the Bass Fishing for Noob segment on Paddle and Finn, bringing you the techniques, tricks, and tips to help you rip more lips. Later, yo. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water shout out to rocktown adventures located in northern illinois for all your kayaking camping and hiking needs shout out to Jigmasters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com you'd think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing 
But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.